The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Beyond, episode four hundred. And 69. Ooh, yeah. 469. Stop it. Stop it. Official really? number of sex stuff. Stop it. Anyway, I'm Max Scoville. I'm joined by Brian Altano. <laughs> what? That's no, I'll, I'll, you get a laugh this week. Uh, and then uh, Marty, Marty Sleva. The official number of sex stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think you're then, for uh, it or against it? Yeah. And then, uh, and then Jared Petty. I, I, I'm on a ship of fools and it's sinking fast. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, we've got a good show lined up. Not great. Okay. Pretty good. I would say like good plus, yeah. you know? So that's like 7.7 7 yeah. maybe? On the, yeah. On the yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a rent don't buy of a free podcast you can download. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, first things first, we're going to talk a little bit about Uncharted 4. Marty, you had a chance to go down to L.A. and hang out with Naughty Dog. I did. And Whoa. you got to check out Uncharted's survival co-op. Yeah, which is super cool, and it's cool. I was the first person outside of Naughty Dog to play this. Uh, and uh, I guess it's like base pitch is it's like Gears of Wars Horde mode slash Halo's Firefight, which Ooh. is a uh, up-to-three-player cooperative mode, and it's uh, 50 waves of enemies, but it's in all these separate chunks. So it's in five wave chunks, which I think is really cool because you can sort of do the first five waves and then stop for the day and be fine as opposed to like Gears where oh. it's like, no, you got to you gotta finish all 50 waves even if it takes you four hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so cool. they, they checkpointed a horde mode, basically? And so they checkpointed a horde mode and every one thing I really like is that every five, ma- uh, five waves, it goes to a new map. And so over the course of the 50 waves, you play 10 different maps and the maps are very different and totally like cater different play styles. Like there was one called Trainwreck that was inspired by Uncharted 2. That's uh, you're in the middle, like the train's wrecked. Titular train wreck. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, But it's a really thin and narrow and sort of tall map uh, with not a lot of room to hide, whereas there's uh, a just giant courtyard level that is super huge and open, and, like, the stuff you want is in the middle, and so you're going to run out there and try to get shot. So how how does this fit into the narrative? (laughs) Because, I mean, if it's, like, Nathan Drake and, like, 50 dudes in a wave, and he's like, hey, let's take this over to the courtyard. Maybe it's like the the Chrysler building at the end of A Parasite Eve. Just, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah,
whimsy and silliness, especially like the multiplayer in Uncharted has yeah. always had. Uh, you can customize the characters. You can be the bad guys for the first time. You can give them just really weird dances and taunts. Oh, that's strange. What, yeah. what about like the bad guys? Is it like, you know, Joker, like Joker henchmen or something or just yeah. like Muppets? Or it's, what, like, it's, you know? it's like Joker henchmen. But Have you they, played Uncharted? I don't yeah. know if they had. <laughs> uh, but they're bringing the supernatural, which is what there's this yeah. little pirate man behind us because uh, every 10 waves you oh, find a boss oh, okay. and the bosses are ghost pirates. Okay. And okay. each of the ghost pirates have different abilities. And so we fought one ghost pirate who could jump in the air and throw a fire at you, and another ghost pirate who moved very quickly. Only he so could do that when he was alive. <laughs> is one of them like Captain Marbrosa that sounds kind of like Jeffrey Rush oh. or something? Or, oh, or, the creator of the cigarette? Yeah, yeah. Captain yeah, Marbrosa? So, yeah, something like that. I don't um, know. Okay. Yeah, but it's super fun. Uh, the in-game economy is super great. Like, you run back to your arsenal with the money you earn in a match, and you buy stuff, and you can oh. buy, like, team heals, and you can buy new weapons, you can buy the mysticals. Uh, then, of course, there's, like, the meta leveling up that, you know, every time you beat 10 waves, you get a new perk that you can mm-hmm. sort of use. Oh. Um, honestly, this is a really cool, fun multiplayer mode. And, like, a lot of people probably played through Uncharted Forest campaign six months ago or whatever and yeah. then put it down, but, like, they've been giving drip feed of free multiplayer updates mm-hmm. for the past six months and they're doing it into 2017 and this is completely free and it's yeah, coming out in the middle of December. This is sort of a nice surprise on top of that kind of multiplayer roadmap they put together yeah. which uh, I think they, they've they done a really good job of sticking to. Mm-hmm. I was kind of amazed at that because yeah. I mean not to say I have any surprise that they that, that Naughty Dog has their ish together yeah. but uh, <laughs> a lot of other companies would just be like hey, here's what we're doing yeah. uh, we'll get to it when we get yeah, to it. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like coming soon is like the the most frequently seen words when it comes to video games. Yeah, yeah. Until they just say that and they're like, oh, it's vaporware yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. And I mean, like, everyone's stoked about uh, when we're going to see the uh, single player DLC, which there are some rumors that maybe we're going to see it at PSX. Yeah. One of the rumors was it's about uh, uh, Sam and Sully. Yeah. And oh. on this note, uh, this is actually going to be playable at PSX. Yeah, so for anybody who's for attending, you actually get to, you know, jump in and yeah, go totally. hands on. How, yeah. many, how many players is it? Uh, it's up to three. You can play it by yourself yeah. or with two friends or with, like, one friend or two friends. If you play it by yourself, you can have AI companions or, I, I mean, Huh. It got super tough. Like the difficulty really ramped up in the twenty uh, waves I played. So that's definitely something I'm going to want to do with two people. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a, a little, awesome. a little menage, if you will. You know, oh my! How this long do you stuff? think fifty ways to take to get through based on what you did? There? Only a couple hours, yeah. honestly. Yeah, um, and they get su- like they get super tough. And if you're playing, uh, if you're playing on like a, a medium difficulty, you start at the beginning of the wave. But if you're playing on uh, crushing, you're going to start back at like the beginning of the set. So oh, yeah, rad. it's going to be tough. And how's like ammo and guns handled? The same way as the re- the regular game where you're picking stuff off yeah you're, you're picking stuff up but you also you know the money you earn for kills and for using your abilities and everything you go back to your arsenal which is like a couple uh drop boxes throughout the map and then mm-hmm. you can spend it on upgraded guns or you can spend it on like i kept getting the the eldorado mystical and throwing out a weird mummy coffin and coffin. Oh, it's, it's really cool to see yeah. like a an uncharted game where he does have kind of an arsenal that he can build up and go back to yeah like, i know they mess with that with multiplayer a little bit yeah really yeah cool and then certain, Pat, certain like you'll have like oh, a wave of enemies that uh, all have these like they're super armored and have gatling guns and once you down them you could pick up the gatling gun which is like oh. so weird for an uncharted game to just be like sitting there and mowing dudes down i love that that I, feels like something I, indiana jones yeah. would do totally i love cooperative arcade experiences yeah. i don't care if they don't make sense this sounds like ghost yeah. pu- ghost pirates versus nathan drake with my friends so. yeah exactly yeah. have it be disparate like, um, i'm totally yeah. fine with that were there any like new gizmos or gadgets or abilities you saw in there that you hadn't seen before or that uh, they pointed out to you no actually not like yeah there was a lot of like each level sort of utilizes the the rope mechanic he likes shooting ropes in that game I ah heard. the yeah. ropes the, kind of ropes. the old ropes yeah. uh Everyone but, likes a good rope. Yeah. I left my rope hat at my desk. Thanks. Oh, don't put that on your head. 
uh, but no, it just it pretty much takes in all the uh, everything you saw in the single player mode, and then all the different mysticals and weird stuff that they had in the multiplayer mode. Are you talking about the rapper mystical? Yeah, uh, shake your ass, watch yourself, <laughs> show me what you're working with. <laughs> that really is. Those are the the kind of the tenets of the of the you know survival. Are those the difficulty you, levels? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, in addition to uh, checking out Uncharted Four Survival Mode, you also got a copy of Uncharted Four signed yes. by some of the guys who worked on it at yeah. Naughty Dog. Yeah, Ooh. Caleb and I, uh, who's on the show last week, uh, we went down to Naughty Dog and we uh, brought this copy with us. And uh, we had uh, Scott Lowe, who was showing us around, friend of the show, former IGN, uh, go around. And uh, he had Neil Druckmann and Evan Wells sign this. Uh, we decided that we wanted to give this away. And so, yeah, if you're watching this. So, yeah, if you're watching this, this is complicated. It's very complicated because this goes out on all sorts of different platforms and things. Uh, if you're watching this in a clip form or on IGN's proper YouTube channel, go to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond and find the full episode of 469 and leave a comment of your favorite Uncharted moment. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, is, that a, is that a thing? Yeah, I like you that. That your favorite Uncharted moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, you know, we'll pick one random winner and uh, we will send you a copy yeah. of the game. And if you, just saw this, if you just saw this in clip form, you should watch the rest of the episode yeah. because we made a joke about the rapper Mystical. We, yeah. we sure did. It's yeah. true. Um, yeah. And if you're watching the... this as a full episode, I'm sorry we brought up the Mystical thing again. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, it's IGN Beyond. Yes. Got some positive. <laughs> yes. No, Beyond and Unlocked are IGN Beyond and IGN Unlocked. Is this the call out to there being a full episode? Because we didn't do that at the beginning like we... Yeah, we did. did Forget we? it. It doesn't... It's... <laughs> well, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Wait. Okay. So, uh, moving on. Persona 5 is delayed and it has killed the spirit of Andrew Goldfarb, which is why he's not here. Not uh... his spirit title. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, yeah. Uh... Okay. Anyway, moving on, Persona 5 is delayed, and Andrew Goldfarb has been crushed. Uh, his last uh, <laughs> his last bit of will to live has just been sucked from his body, and that's why he's not here today. Yeah, because he, had, he uh, had those Valentine's Day plans yeah. with him and a bunch of Japanese cool, yeah. stu- school students. Yeah. I guess, uh, did you say cool students? Cool, I guess that cool students. Uh, he's going to have to keep cool playing girls. the Japanese version, I guess. Which, uh, <laughs> Didn't he something... already beat it in Japanese? Yeah, he did it in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the game uh, got delayed from Valentine's Day in February to April 4th, so it's only two months or so. Yeah. Uh, and they said the reason why is because uh, they listened to fans and they wanted to have free DLC along with the game that is the Japanese voices, mm-hmm. which a lot of, which makes sense because you have that with with subtitles. Uh, but ha- the reception to what the American voices have been have been really negative. Mm-hmm. There's really? a man whose last name was Sakamoto, and he pronounces his name Sakamoto. Wow! Uh, and so How do you screw that up? I don't. I have no proof of this, but I get the feeling that they might be doing some just. Yo, pickups and maybe yeah, I recasting. Don't, I don't know a whole lot about how video games get yeah. made, but delaying a game that's already exists with Japanese voices two months to include the Japanese voices yeah. as DLC. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that adds yeah, up. But I, I, uh, you I, know. I am all, all that aside. I'm excited about playing it in Japanese. Oh, That'll yeah. be fine. I, I really do prefer playing uh, playing games when possible in native languages yeah. with subs. So this will be a lot. They probably fun yeah. because, uh, uh, Sakamoto correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I watched uh, I watched Andrew play a couple hours of it. and It looks super fun. Yep. And I still marvel that Andrew, who does not read Japanese, managed to play all the way through a JRPG the size of Persona. Yeah, yeah. just he, on sheer willpower. Andrew and I did a 15 minute let's play of that game, which we couldn't put up on the YouTube page. I think we put it up for up at noon. Um, where he was just kind of like I was asking him questions about it and he was sort of figuring it out as it went along but filling in the blanks with stuff that he kind of wanted to be true Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a magical way to play that game if you really can't wait until April which is kind of a while away yeah um 
try that out because we were basically like walking around the high school and he was just like, I was like, why is this guy mad? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe he's mad that he, he, he forgot his school yeah. lunch today. Well, you, like, you've done you that sure? With, you've <laughs> done that with like, like uh, soap operas in foreign languages before, right? You sit there and no. you kind of make what? up the story. No. You've never done this? No. Oh my gosh, we used to do this all the time. Uh, you sit what? down with friends. Yeah. <laughs> you sit down with friends in college or something and you watch a soap opera, like a Korean soap opera or a Spanish soap opera, a language that, that we're not particularly familiar with and you just make the story up. Uh, as it's going. So everybody just kind of throws in a line and sort of MST3K, what's happening in the other language, and make up your own plot lines. Yeah, yeah, there, were, there were hundreds of kids in my New York City art school that wanted to watch Korean soap operas. I was just yeah. never at the right place at the right well, time, Again, I it's, it's a lot more fun when there's when there's too much booze and, and yes. uh, it's very, very late. Yeah. That uh, makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, you can do that to this story. show, actually, if you don't listen to this language. You can just think anything you want that we're saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want. I remember I used to watch a lot of Japanese soap operas when I was living there. My Japanese is very poor so I often didn't know what was going on. But I remember once two women are having a very intense discussion about what I think was one of them having an affair. And one of them, in the middle of this conversation, on a daytime soap, suddenly throws like her face down into the crotch of the other woman and sniffs deeply and then pulls back up and goes and looks at her like, <gasps> like you just had sex. And I still don't are understand. Are we allowed what to talk there? about this? On this <laughs> I show? don't know either. Uh, but uh, that's something that I saw on daytime television. Yeah. Which wow, Peggy There's eighteen. A, I think there was an R. Kelly song about that. That's wow. Okay. Uh, that was, so yeah. So just really just jerking the wheel hard here. Uh, just, Stop just it. really just don't say jerking. Just the wheel. just really just just pulling the car over to the side of the road and and just making the just getting getting the getting the car going the other direction on the street. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> Lego City Undercover is coming to PS4 and Xbox One and Nintendo Switch next year. Uh, Brian, A wonderful game for children of all ages. <laughs> what is this game? Uh, Lego City Undercover is a open world GTA style game for... Uh, Children, children of all ages. Uh, yeah. Basically, the same age that you see in a box of Legos, which I think it's like four to ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, sorry, centennials. Yeah, sorry about that. Old yeah. enough not to choke on tiny pieces of plastic. Yeah. yeah uh, it starts this guy. I believe his name's Chase. He's an undercover cop, and he can dress as different characters in the same way that if you've ever played a Lego game before, where you can kind of switch between different mm-hmm. powers and different characters. Uh, Chase can kind of do, do all those things himself, mm-hmm. um, which I really love because he goes undercover as different things, like a fireman and like yeah. an astronaut or whatever, and he can actually interact with the world. I feel like going undercover as an astronaut is a bad move. Yeah. You have to be very specialized for that. So it's very interesting to play an open world GTA style Lego game because Chase, when he needs a car, he's just like, excuse me, I'm very sorry. Can I borrow your car? He's not just like, get out of the car. Like, he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about this. Um, It's really great. The collectibles are really fun. The biggest problem with this thing, uh, number one, it was on the Nintendo Wii, which means no one played it. The Wii U, yeah, yeah, which means no one played it. And number two, the load times between areas in this world were like – they were like 90 seconds to two minutes long Yeesh. at times. And it was yeah. just like, it almost killed it for me. But it was the kind of thing where I was just like, all right, I'll put up with this because it's such an adorable game. Yeah. Um, also, it's a really great story. Like, the, the story, the writing, and yeah. the performances are really funny. It's I sort remember, of like the Lego movie. Yeah. I remember seeing a bit where they were, it was like a Shawshank Redemption yeah. parody. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a children's game, <laughs> yeah. but is it? Yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah. Was, that was one of the really cool things about it. Was it was just like sort of peppered with really interesting movie references and TV show references and like pop culture references all over the game. Um, it's sort of a mishmash of San Francisco and a bunch of other major cities. So there is a Golden Gate Bridge. Um, flying vehicles in this game are super fun. Blowing mm. stuff up is super fun. Like collecting cars and 
uh, doing high-speed chases with robbers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just really, really awesome game. If you're looking for, like, you're probably, like, a little fatigued in open-world games, but, like, I genuinely feel like this one is so different than Mm -hmm. all the other ones you've played that you're going to really love it. Like, it's such a, it's really cool to play, like, a light-hearted open-world game. I haven't really had a game like this since, um, what was it? Uh, What was that Simpsons game? Was it Hit and Run? Run? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. where I was just like, this was really fun. Yeah, Yeah. where I'm like, it's an open-world game, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not a, it's not like, like, you don't really get in, like, five-star police chases yeah. like you used like you would in Watch Dogs or Mafia. Yeah, and, or, uh, I mean, like you said, you might have open-world fatigue, which I totally get, but there aren't a ton of open-world games on the near horizon. Yeah. Except yeah. for Horizon. Except for, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> also, also yeah. the fact that if you, maybe if you play games with, with kids, then this is a, a fun one to yeah, introduce totally. them to the genre. I wonder why there aren't so many, I mean, I guess because open-world is such a kind of an ambitious process that they want to be like, let's shoot for the big leagues here. Let's yeah. go for the people who have 60 yeah. bucks, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like little by little we've seen uh, and we'll continue to see a lot of the Wii U games have slowly made their way on the PS4. You look mm-hmm. at Zombie U, which yeah. is a launch game, made its way to PS4 for 20 bucks, and it's totally cool. Like, you strip away the second screen functionality and, lo and behold, they still totally work. It's almost like that was always a bad idea to begin with. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of what happened when, when Saturn flopped. Yeah. 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 Eventually, most of those games made yeah. their way over to PlayStation. Yeah. Not this, all of them. Like, it would be great. Them. I mean, Legally, it probably can't happen, but to see stuff like Wonderful 101 or Bayonetta yep. Yep. Like show up yep. on PS4. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. I don't know um, what sort of exclusivity deals they, they dealt with with stuff like that, but Lego City just, Undercover... If you just tear up your contract, it's fine. Oh, yeah. That's literally how it works. Yeah. Lego yeah. City Undercover had a second screen functionality for, like... It was it was so hokey. It was just, like, a map, and there was, like, a horn yeah. that mm-hmm. you could... It was, it was like, for, for babies. Yeah, it was for babies. Little baby kids. Um, but a really cool thing about this, too, I mean, I love actual, tangible, physical Legos. They made a bunch of sets based off of this, which are really cool, because it's got Chase Mitchell and his under cover cop thing and you've got this like uh cop this like speed speedy car he's in that has like a robber in it with like money flying out of the back i just love that like yeah. he's that much of a disastrous bank robber so, that mm-hmm. his money's getting everywhere i've always loved like the lego properties that weren't like the ones that are in-house i don't like the ninjago or the chima stuff yeah, me yeah. too but like the classic stuff where it was just space or like castle yeah. and like lego city was always kind of like that's i feel like the one that's been going the longest yep. uninterrupted yeah. and it's weird because i'll go to like target or something i'll go to the lego aisle and I'll be like oh i got rogue one sets oh there's you know dc superheroes and i look over and it's like there's an entire line that's all about like like Lego cops, yeah, and they're like, this guy's he, this guy blew up an ATM and like, yeah, <laughs> this guy uh, apparently has a meth lab and a swamp, and they got to get they got to get dogs to chase, and they all have dogs, they got like police dogs, and, and so this like, this game lets you actually play moments like that, which is really funny because you're like, if you actually take away all the the sort of visual medium of it, the art direction, and you drill down into what you're actually doing, you're like, oh. A bunch of people try to rob a farm, and I had to show up and kill them. <laughs> like, it's really dark. But it really leans into, like, Max, like you were saying, the sort of classic, like, that space theme, the yeah. sort of, like, outdoorsy, like, kind of truck driver theme. Like, the there's, like, the farmland area is weird because there's pigs everywhere. They really love putting those pigs in those games. Those games are yeah. so funny. Like, yeah. they're so weird. And, like, I'm kind of... I'm kind of tired of them being like on brand, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like Star Wars is fine, but I got to a point where I was like, all right, you know, and yep. this is something I don't, I don't, it's a new story, you know, yep. it's an original thing. So it's also a chance. To, it's a, it's a game that didn't get much of a chance getting a new lease on life. And yeah. anytime you get that happens, yep. it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. For I gamers. love when that happens. Uh, yep. Yeah, I you know? do. So many things just lost to history forever. Now an entirely new group of people. Is yeah. gonna I really wish like there wonderful. was an entire third party dedicated to that, to going through consoles from this generation oh. and last generation and being like, let's look at the, the, the best rated games 
firms that sold the least amount of copies and mm-hmm. figure out yeah. how to get them off a of light support. I mean, that's how I feel like I felt like so many people slept on Sunset Overdrive on the yeah. Xbox One. Yeah. And I'm like, bring that over to PS4. Like people yeah. will take that with, with See, open arms. And this is the problem though with like exclusivity deals is that like they're almost always sort of disastrous for people who just want to play video games. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of sucks. I think that Sunset Overdrive coming to PS4, like I would love a pro patch for that game. Just put Jeez. it on like in 4K. Yeah. Look, like, at, look, look at how gorgeous Ratchet and Clank looks. Right. Or yeah. look at Infamous. Right. But then there's, like, the, there's a matter of cost. That's the other end of it. I mean, yeah. you know, just how much it would cost to go back to those assets and redo yeah. all yeah. that. It's just right click, save as, uh, yeah. Yeah. PS4. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy, dude. But yeah, I want it to happen. You just yeah. got to get an XB1 to PS4 converter. Yep. yep. Oh, yep. That, that's, they're that's, they're yeah. free. You just have to you have to listen to a weird MIDI jingle when you install it. <laughs> uh, so speaking of games that maybe didn't sell so well, Titanfall 2 and Watch Dogs 2 are apparently kind of underperforming, or, or yeah. at least they, they yeah. scored better than originals, but they sold less than the first ones. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is... Um, heartbreaking honestly yeah. like i'll be completely honest with you like it's devastating to me because especially because it's like we live in an era where like many many times and some of us have together gone to the theaters to do this uh we've seen like the worst movies perform the best yeah, over yeah. great movies that perform the worst uh this case scenario five. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this case scenario it's sort of different because it's just like all right transformers movies are kind of trashy fun i can give them that right mm. uh but there are other movies that are way worse that keep doing better and better and i think it's because of brand recognition and sequels but with Titanfall and Watch Dogs, if you look at the original iterations of those games, they were built on a lot of promise and hope mm-hmm. um, and idealism that I think didn't totally pan out for most gamers. Titanfall, uh, excellent game with a sort of like thin premise. And then ultimately, if you didn't stick around for multiplayer, there really wasn't a lot to do there. Mm-hmm. Watch Dogs, different story entirely. It started the whole like Ubisoft's a bunch of liars thing, which I don't buy into. Um, just sort of like the bull shots and getting hoodwinked by mm-hmm. the E3 gameplay versus what you're actually playing thing. So I think people got burned by those things. And as a reaction to that, Respawn and Ubisoft sat down and said, let's take these IPs and let's make the best games we can possibly make out of them. And they did. And they listened to feedback. They did. And everyone in Titanfall 1 was like, I want a campaign. And so they're like, here you go, an awesome campaign. Everyone in Watch Dogs 1 is like, hey, don't reveal your game this early and then lighten it up a little bit. Make a more fun protagonist, make a more fun city. Although in the case of Watch Dogs, they might have carried that a little too far on the other end. I'm I'm glad they listened and they've done some really neat things. But I've been walking around the office watching people play Watch Dogs. Who watches the Watchdogs. Yeah, Jared. The moment I saw you know a guy with glowy mask face, I'm like, nah. Okay, nah Rich, dude, I am okay, never. Wrench is dumb, but you yeah. play like you forgive it because that game. I'm probably having the most fun I've had with an open world game. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting echoes of Far Cry Three in that I pretty much abhor the people in it, but and the the story is like nonsense. But I kind of almost embrace it more because of that because yeah. I really I'm, I'm making up my own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jen's been watching me play, and she's like, I have no interest in that game, and I'm like. Uh, I mean, you could say that like looking at Tetris, like she plays threes constantly, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know how to play that game, so I don't really, mm-hmm. it doesn't look appealing to well, me. Yeah, it doesn't click. You have to one you. three, have sex with another three, and yeah. it's a six. No, I mean, Watch Dogs Two is awesome. That's undeniable, Sextance. right? Like it, it's it's undeniable that this is a great game. It's getting good scores everywhere. What I don't understand here is sort of our as gamers, and we're all guilty of this, our inability to sort of forgive a franchise for wronging us once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how we move on past that. And I understand well, video games are expensive, and it's your. This is the time of year where you're like, I got to give my money to somebody, and you're gonna. It's got. Well, so so that's it. Places. I have another theory here. Okay. Uh, on this. Okay. So I think everything you're saying has merit. I, yeah. I really do. Uh, I do think we should give games second chances, and I do think people listen. But 
this year has been a tremendous year for video games. Yep. One of the best in my lifetime, yeah. honestly. I'm just there have been so many wonderful games, and that means there is so much competition yep. in this marketplace right now. And yes, I can go buy Watch Dogs Two, and I can go in a butt. I look out there and I see 40 other wonderful sure. games yeah. that all came out this year. And I'm not exaggerating when I say 40 but, I mean, that the I first, could be buying right I'm now. totally with you, but I think the, fir- I mean, the first Watch Dogs launched in the same climate. It launched in the fall. It, it launched in the fall. Launch. So, 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 so let's back to this. Here's, was it a big game? Oh, okay. I stand corrected. So what I was going to point out real quick was that – hold on one second. It's this is The sales are down 80% for this game. 80%. Like that's that's not just like oops. That's like people are just act are allergic to this thing. Like that's that's a big drop. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say uh, the other thing we're not counting is the, the install base and the size of the library. Like both uh, Titanfall and Watch Dogs were not exactly. I don't think they were exactly launched, but they were very no, close were, to yeah, launch. It was like yeah, I think within the first like, Titanfall months. was a few months, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then Watch Dogs would have been, but then it got pushed yeah. until May so, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I think that people were like. What do I play? There was that weird point in, in 2013 when new boxes came out and everyone's like, all right, what do I get? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, mean, I, I agree. Those were also cross-platform yeah. games. Like yes. People were playing them on, on 360. I, I agree with that. I think on the flip side, like if you have 50 million PS4s in the wild, that's all the more people that you can sort of infiltrate with a game like this. Yeah. I, it just kind of bums me out. I, I think, mean, yeah, I mean, there's also the fact that there's more people who have been hyping up stuff like, you know, Uncharted 4, The Last yeah. of Us, or I mean, you know, somebody goes out and they get a PS4 like, Watch Dogs 2 is fun. Titanfall yeah. 2 is fun. But, like, it's not going to be the top of your list of a game you'd recommend. So, that, you know, if they're like, hey, I just bought a PS4. What do I go buy? Everyone's going like, to say, like, Uncharted, Bloodborne. There's, like, ten yeah. things you would say first. Well, uh, but then perhaps the thing to say right now is, you know, in the midst of all this, if you can afford these good games, play them. Maybe buy Watch Dogs 2. Like, know? if no, I have to be the guy that gets up and says that, like, yeah, I'll be your friend on the couch. It's like, buy Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think a major thing, too, is that if you look at – you look at t- Titanfall was directly affected by Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty, right? Mm-hmm. I truly believe that Watch Dogs was directly affected by Mafia 3. Mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. having open world crime games with a black protagonist within – a month of each other is kind of a thing that people were like, I don't know. And I think a lot of people kind of felt a little burned on Mafia 3. I know it was the second best-selling game of MPD last month. Yeah, and they, it was the fastest-selling 2K game. Yeah, like by all means, it's a hit, and the reviews were kind of mixed all over the place. Watch Dogs were a lot more positive. Yeah. IGN's not so much, which, you know, I'm not totally in 100. I stand behind because I work for Well, Watch, IGN, but, yeah. that, that guy IGN, the one guy named IGN. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a no, fussy Dan, reviewer. Dan Stapleton's review at IGN, I didn't completely agree with because I'm actually having a ton of fun with this yeah. game it's yeah. probably my game of the year honestly wow. yeah. on a strictly gameplay level i don't think i think that this is the Watch Dogs 2 is this year's metal gear solid 5 in yeah. terms of being able to tackle a scenario as creatively uh and as dramatically different as possible each time i'm finding myself replaying missions just because i'm just like i can handle this completely differently yeah. well uh, how about this uh, based on what i saw the first game plus some of the buzz that i got around to the office from it initially plus the silly man with the face. Yeah. I I never gave it a chance. I'll go play it now. Yeah. Uh, so you convince me. Cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it is a it is a puzzle game that has disguised itself as an action game. Oh wait, it's yeah. a puzzle game. Or, I mean, oh, sort Lord. of. Yeah. There's like puzzle elements. Okay. Like the, there's stuff where you're like, I'm not I'm not just shooting dudes. Ah. Yeah. And like there's stealthy stuff, but it's almost it's. More Zelda-ish Marty and I were talking yeah. about how you can level up stuff all around your sort of like skill tree wheel kind of thing, and one of them is guns, and I haven't touched that. Mm. Yeah. I, f- I fire a gun once every maybe five hours in that yeah. game. Okay. You know? This game is also no, just, I like that. This okay. game's rife for like coming in the morning and telling stories about the crazy stuff you did. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, so EA EA said straight up that they're going to continue to support the Titanfall franchise for years. To which Vince Zampella responded, "Whatever the f that means." <laughs> yeah. uh, 
which I find hilarious. Vince Gumby, Vince. Um, side note, it's really interesting that that guy's game went up against uh, his original game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare yeah. 2 Remastered, which came out within two weeks. Um, but Ubisoft hasn't said really anything so far about whether or not we're going to get Watch Dogs games for years to come. You'd have to imagine that one's already in the works because I think they expected this one to do really well. But um, I read an interesting thing from Jason over at Kotaku saying that like they were able to tell based on traffic that stories were getting on their website how well something would sell. And Final Fantasy 15 is one of the most traffic things right now. Watch Dogs 2 was kind of lukewarm with the audience. So we'll see. Hey, you saying if people are willing to forgive, I was trying to think examples. I feel like Final Fantasy 15 is going to be a big thing. Yeah. Are people mm, going to be yeah. willing to forgive sort of yeah. the, the Lightning Trilogy and the, <laughs> the uh, uh, development of this game? But also I feel like the, the best example of that is Tomb Raider. Because yeah. Tomb Raider went into a yeah. super funk, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the reboot came out and it was like, oh, this is great. I think with Tomb Raider, people were so easy, uh, e- easily able to identify that this was just a brand new thing. Like yeah. They completely rebooted the character model and everything. Well, this just feels like – I think people looked at this and they're like, where's Aiden? Is Aiden in this game? I yeah. hate Aiden. <laughs> I mean, it's all, you get back to the, the numbering convention of games and – what does that what does that tell you? I mean, something like Battlefield One. It's like very clearly that's not the first Battlefield game, but there's something kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. here's a fresh start. And mm-hmm. like Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider, and uh, I mean it's odd because you know historically sequels to games are improvements. Yeah, like there's all these classic oh. games that are like twos or threes, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's yeah. because it's an iterative medium. Whereas like that's not the case with with movie sequels. Yeah, like they frequently mm-hmm. are out of ideas. Whereas Stuff that they build in the first. I mean, look at you know, look at Uncharted Four. It's yeah, like it's, yeah. Uncharted Two is like I I think my favorite in the series. And it's yeah. you, by that logic, you're like, oh, like that must be the uh, Uncharted One must be awesome. And you go back and you're like, it pales in comparison. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Um, and I mean, people were. I mean, we were talking about is Watch Dogs Two going to be like Assassin's Creed yeah, Two, yeah. where it's it revisits the kind of same concept but expands and improves. And I, which, I think which it is. is but I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because if you look at like the sales of Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2, like it, that's a franchise that kept growing and then eventually kind of stalled out and, and pulled back a little bit. I, we really thought the same thing would happen with Watch Dogs. And I think that people were like, they were less so like, oh, this is going to be like a way better version of the first one. And they were most more so like Watch Dogs is a tainted name in my head and it's sour to me now how much do you think it has to do with you talked about aiden you know you went from a grumpy unlikable man and they did listen but then they created a bunch of happy unlikable people I mean, is is it? I, I would say that Marcus is very likable. <laughs> okay. Marcus, yeah, Marcus is very likable. So he does like okay, little, he does people like around Marcus yeah. that are difficult. Well, I, I would say that a handful of people around Marcus are unlikable, but the fact that you, as Marcus, can take down even more unlikable people in the game, like yeah. the antagonists in this game are great people to take down. Oh, the, the that's fake, delightful. The fake Google that you, uh, yeah. like, get into in Silicon oh. Valley in this game called Noodle is fantastic. Yeah. Like, the, the, way they, the, the way they skewer sort of like... Martin uh, Shkreli. Martin Shkreli, like, the way they skewer, like, sort of internet culture and uh, like startup culture in the Bay Area specifically. And I don't know if that's because I'm, I'm in my little sad liberal bubble here. But uh, I think it's just, it's just awesome. Like there's so much unlikable stuff in San Francisco that yep. they take down in this well, that, that was my favorite part of GTA V was the yeah. mission where you uh, where you and infiltrated you, you, whatever. Yeah, I don't, you'll, you'll probably like Watch Dogs but, too. Yeah. Okay. I right. think they one-upped a lot of that mission. That was one of my favorite missions as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So on the subject of dogs uh, <laughs> and open world games, we got some very sad news that yep. uh, Sleeping Dogs 2 is totally not a thing that's happening anymore. That should be obvious because United Front Games very quietly, without even a whimper, kind of shut its doors, um, which is a bummer because Sleeping Dogs, the first one, is one of my favorite open world games. That was my game of the year the year it came out. I love that uh, game. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic, it's kind of short, uh, you know, not crazy ambitious or, you know, m- you know, mind-blowing, but it's it's a really fun cool crime yeah. game and it's open world's really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um and it, it kind of assumed i think the last time i saw somebody from united front games they were working on 
uh, combat for one of the expansions for Disney Infinity, which right. also went under. Yeah. And I was like, as the guy was leaving, I was like, so Sleeping Dogs 2? And he's like, eh. And just kind of like did the yeah. Homer, Homer backing to the hedge thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Patrick Klepek over at Waypoint yeah. uh, wrote this wonderful thing about uh, basically what Sleeping Dogs 2 would have been. Yeah. And yeah, you got these design crazy ambitious um a lot of stuff you kind of look at now and you're like i can see why that didn't pan out yeah uh, it's old enough that they were referring to ps4 and xbox one as uh what is orbis. it orbis and, and durango yeah. respectively yeah. remember those old, those old <laughs> chestnuts um but it was going to take place in the pearl city delta which is sort of this mega city sprawl in uh in china which has a lot of neon i was looking at pictures of it online it's right would have been a really cool place to scroll around Rim. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, And then basically uh, there would be a kind of dynamic shifting thing uh, where how you played your game would affect other people's games. Right. Yeah. That got me so excited reading that part of it. And again, these are design docs. A lot of things go into design docs that never come to fruition. So we don't know how. But yeah, this idea that like as you went to different neighborhoods and did things in your game, it would keep track of your save, but it also keep track of the millions of other saves that was happening in other people's cities. And that would dynamically affect what was happening across people's experiences and kind of this behind the curtain, dark soulsy way. I mean, it sounded like a massive multiplayer online nemesis system. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it sounds, Sounds like all the stuff you were doing would just... It sounded to me like Dark Souls meets Mule, which is everything I want in life. Uh, it was, you know, Mule. That, that, I was, I'm really, I'm really happy to have you on to bring up Mule. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, Mule is such a great game, but it was all about like a bunch of people together, and you kind of had to work together, but you could constantly screw each other over. Yeah. And and I feel like some stuff would have come out of that because one, people would have figured out a way to grief, which would have been delightful. Of course. Uh, yeah. Any opportunity to break the game, I, I love when when there's community involved. But second, the fact that you're kind of you're seeing reflections of what people are doing in their world and your own. Those opportunities when they are subtly implemented as opposed to blatantly implemented yeah. can be some right. of the most exciting and energizing moments in video games. Yeah. I really wish that I'd gotten a chance to so, do this. So on top of that, it was also going to kind of do a similar thing to what GTA 5 did where you were going to have two protagonists and you were going to switch between them. You were going to play as um, Wei Shen, who was the character in the first game. Uh, really likable protagonist. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was really, awesome. Really charming. Yeah. And then uh, this other guy who was like a corrupt cop who yeah. he had to work with. And Seems basically really cool. you guys could, apparently you could arrest, arrest like any NPC in the game. And I don't know how that would have worked, but... Um, yeah, like then you like, could, like you could, just like excuse me, sir, I yeah. need to arrest you now. I mean, I don't know if it'd be one of those things where you wind up like, oh wait, my partner's the last boss. What the hell? You know, like I don't know what it would have been, but oh, uh, that's uh, so good. it was a really cool idea, and it was kind of this this weird layer of of, of meta game where yeah. you know, on top of the online stuff and your city being dynamically affected, it was also you were affecting your own game by how you played your game. Uh, sounded crazy ambitious, and it seems like some of the ideas got recycled for Triad Wars, which was the very not great free-to-play PC game, yep. which yeah. pretty much just took Sleeping Dogs 1. and That was a tough one. That yeah. was a, I, I wasn't happy when that happened because yeah. that was like, hey, I love that franchise. Well, what if it was this now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put, uh, put Sleeping Dogs on the same... I played as LMNO and, and the Forgotten Games of you. Yeah, that's true. I believe... Uh, was Sleeping Dogs a PlayStation Plus game recently, a couple months yes. ago? Okay. Yeah. Because um, I noticed, and, and we're, we're, we're cheating on our show here, but it's on Xbox Live Games with Gold this month. Yeah, uh, for uh, December. So yeah. the, the, the Xbox One version of the game is going to be free. Uh, yep. Yeah. December. It was remastered, so you can go play that. Um, Holds up really well. Have you guys done that? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it like, looks really definitive, good. Definitive collection. Yeah. Uh, it also is like the kind of the whole game of the year, full package bundle yep. thing. You yep. can Ooh. probably find a Black Friday sale or a used copy for something stupid cheap for yeah. PS4. <laughs> uh, it comes with uh, Terror at North Point, I think, which is this awesome kind of undead nightmare approach, except you're fighting like 
hopping Chinese vampires, yeah. and the whole thing opens as a wonderful like montage to Thriller and Big Trouble in Little China. So if you're interested in uh, hokey 80s stuff, <laughs> get on that. It's really, it's really cool. <laughs> I, that made me so happy. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Also, um, that is the only video game where you can take Emma Stone on a date, for what it's worth. Oh, okay. That's a thing Challenge you can do accepted. There. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Um... Sega Japan released a survey asking fans which franchise they would want to return. Uh, I love when publishers do this because we all get excited and we're like, oh, what if they did this? And then they wind up doing something you didn't want. But, uh, (laughs) you know, like in the meantime, let's just talk about what what we'd want to see Sega revitalize. So I adore the Sega Dreamcast. So I think all three of mine are coming from the Dreamcast. Uh, Those are Skies of Arcadia, Jet Set Radio, and Power Stone. Uh, Skies of Arcadia was such a rad RPG that ended up getting a... GameCube port? It did. GameCube port. Yeah. Uh, Skies of Arcadia Legends, I think. That was about uh, sort of airship pirates, uh, but it had this amazing uh, base building mechanic where you gathered characters from throughout the world and they would go back to your hideout and your hideout would grow like sort of a Suikoden thing. Like, I always love that. It's a Riko Kodama joint, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then Jet Set Radio. uh, Obviously, we got a second one on Xbox, Jet Set Radio Future, but that's Mm -hmm. just an amazing game about uh, weird Japanese future punks. Yeah. Uh, That got remastered, didn't it? That got remastered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it got released digitally. But you could finally go back in time and take Dragula out of it. No, add more Dragula. You talked about Sunset Overdrive before. I feel like that's the closest we've gotten to a Jet Set game in a while. Yeah, the feeling of grinding on a power line in Sunset Overdrive is what it felt like in uh, Jet Set. And then Power Stone was sort of the... The only four-player party fighting game to ever match Smash in oh, my yeah. mind. It was superb. Like, the multiplayer was awesome. The levels were terraform halfway through, yeah. and the character was really cool. So yeah, it felt kind of like you were playing, like, a if, if anybody ever made, like, a Marvel version of, of Smash Brothers, yeah. that's what it would have totally. felt like yeah. with Power Stone. Yeah. Yeah. I only have one uh, Super Monkey Ball. That's, I don't know what happened with that franchise. It's so, actually really weird because it started out amazing. Super Monkey Ball 2 on the GameCube, the first two came yeah. to GameCube, um, was one of the best sequels of that video game ever made. Yeah. And then it just shattered. Like it, this, you don't know, like the Wii ones? Games. Well, no, I think the Wii ones got like they everyone got everyone got lost on the control mm-hmm. schemes, and they basically became touchscreen games or tilting games mm-hmm. or like waggle games. Um, they became like weird party mini game collections. Like uh, I saw like some Monkey Ball like match three thing that they made a couple years ago, and it was just like. I like it's it's actually tragic to watch a franchise go from like this is great, this is even better, this is garbage for ten years. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's the only one. I, aside from that, honestly, and I was a I was a Genesis kid on top of a, being a place a Super Nintendo and a PlayStation kid. Um, I'm I don't really have as much nostalgia for Sega Genesis as other people do. I don't mm. really think a lot of those games were great. Uh, well, honest. it did uh, what Nintendo. Oh, I, sorry, I, I beg to differ. I think the Sega Genesis was a great great system. Did you I'm have just, one? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I did have a lot of favorites though from yeah, it. Um, yeah. There's just I, I think there's a lot of stuff that kind of aesthetically was really pleasing. Going back, like I love I love Kid Chameleon back there, as you can kind of tell by how I've styled my entire life. Um, yeah. That was literally a game about being a, a punk ass kid who got sucked into VR and then went around trying on different hats. It's actually kind of similar to Assassin's Creed if you stop and think about it. You're just mm-hmm. going, you're like, oh, I'm gonna travel through history with different hats. Yeah, um, that, uh, that Shinobi dude was his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I would love to see. Kid Chameleon get like a, a crazy like I feel like in this kind of uh, nostalgia fueled post Blood Dragon you know Double Dragon Neon sort of era like people would be really down to see something hokey like that uh, on top of that Comic Zone was super cool yeah. that was like 
that was before we knew what like cell shading was. That wasn't really mm-hmm. a thing then. Mm-hmm. But the idea is sort of similar where you're like, oh, it's a platformer where you're going through comic panels. Yeah, and, I always and, remember him like hopping over to the next panel. Yeah, that was and he, so cool. That guy it was a cool idea. Playing the game was not fun. No. Oh, but yeah, it was yeah, like the, that's the a lot presen- of Genesis games. Yeah, the presentation was really yeah, but cool. But yeah, I think he had a ponytail, but don't do don't do that. Yeah, no, yeah. he didn't look cool. That would be like a man bun yeah, or a no top, one wants a yeah, a top knot. He looked like that conspiracy <laughs> theorist guy from uh Steven Universe. But um Yeah. Uh yeah, like Comic Zone would be cool. I mean, we got like Comic Jumper, which kind of like scratched that yeah. a little bit, but it was yeah. like a little bit, I don't know, off the mark. But uh, yeah, it'd be so cool to see something like that, maybe have it go through different types of comics because comics are bigger than ever right now. Oh, even uh, Manja? Uh, yeah, Manja. Yeah, Manja, the Italian yeah. eatings comics. Um, <laughs> uh, Eternal Champions is a very bad fighting game that I have yeah. a very soft spot for. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see those characters just show up in something else. Like if mm-hmm. you're going to... I don't know. What is does Sega have a fighting game series now? No, I feel like uh, they could get on the phone with Microsoft and put a couple of those old turds killer instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Uh, Eternal Champions. Give is, me your tired, your poor, and just bring them your, all in. Your primal instead. rage. <laughs> Eternal Champions is the most delightful Chaos, choice. The monkey. Too, I, mean, the, I yeah. remember I had a comic book and on the back it had an Eternal Champions ad and it was like, "Look at the size of these characters. A wimp like Ryu wouldn't have a chance." I remember reading that and thinking, "Oh, this, Capcom's like, bye. Yeah, like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, no, I know, I know yeah. this game is bad." Uh, and then of course. Uh, uh, just Seaman. Oh, yeah. Seaman, that fish, that yeah. talking fish. Oh, Salmon? Salmon. Salmon? Jared, get the ropes out. <laughs> uh, get, so get that uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, who would replace Leonard Nimoy in the new Seaman? Um, Leonard is, Nimoy's son looks just like him. Yeah, but we need the voice. We need the voice, not the not the face. So oh, you know what I just realized? Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want a talking fish game. Seaman VR, dude. Like Seaman Mobile would be great. Just C-Man have like VR. a pocket fish and be like, "Oh, what are you doing today, Mister Fish Guy?" And yeah, be like, yeah. Do like you want to explain that at a bar? Like, hey, what are, what are you doing? I'm just playing Seaman. I think yeah. Seaman VR is a great idea. It could be called Seaman in Your Face. <laughs> okay, so um. <laughs> The holidays are coming up, and with them, a lot of sales. Hey, Such as Jared, we get- <laughs> the awesome, the awesome bear PS4 but, theme but is a whopping. Jared didn't get to talk about his thing. Oh yeah, sorry. God. Okay. Here's what I literally wrote in the notes. Jared probably wants some weird-ass ancient Japan-only Saturn port of an MSX2 RTS spinoff from the creators of Nobunaga's ambitious ambition or some swear word. And then he wrote, "Yeah, that's pretty accurate." <laughs> so go ahead. What do you What do you got? I got a couple. Uh, of course Valkyria. you do. So Valkyria Chronicles is my favorite Sega game. I uh, we just had a remaster not too long ago. I'd love to see a legit good uh, continuation of that series back in the mainline console and uh, see it get just a wonderful treatment. Advice um, from uh, Skies of Arcadia, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There we go. Skies of Arcadia crossover. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But yeah, that, that's a that's a marvelous uh, tactical game yep. RPG. Really good. Good story. It wonderfully put together. And one of the just just still looks great. Yeah. Uh, stunningly beautiful. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket, um, which was a one of the best like couch party games ever. So how do you and, bring that one back? Do you want it in first person? Uh, no, no, I don't. I want Choo Choo Rocket. I just want a sequel. That's Photorealistic. Like, honestly, I want it on on the Switch. Uh, oh, really? So I can take it to parties and just Karen my way in and be like, "Hey, it's four people. And we're playing Choo Choo Rocket." And pull, I think pull you a could, Karen. Yeah, from pull the a commercial? Karen. And you could uh, you could very quickly. You could, you could mix it up a little bit. That psychotic cat chasing those mice around. You understand Choo Choo Rocket in like 30 seconds, but it doesn't get boring because it switches up so fast. Have you played a lot of like third-person stuff in VR? Because I think that would be awesome. Like if you could Choo-choo rotate Rocket? the table. Looking like, down at like yeah. the Choo Choo Rocket. Choo Choo Rocket VR yeah. would be really cool. Oh, that could be really cool. I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah. a really good idea because I like third-person VR stuff. The best VR stuff I've played has yep. been uh, third-person. Uh, what if they made it like just incredibly realistic? Like they threw it in like no. CryEngine and they had like a real cat that <laughs> no. comes out. And it's got like hair coming off there it. There is no and real they catches cat. The cat 
catches the mice and it's all ripping it apart. I love that. No, I think I think it was Tycho from from Penny Arcade who said there is no more visceral creature in video gaming than that cat. Like that cat really? is the most evil thing. I mean, it's a cat that goes into a rocket full of mice and eats them all, and they scream. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty just, rough. I kind of just want I kind of just want Alien, but with like a, where the cat. Is that, a, is that a mod for Alien Isolation where it just replaces all the humans with mice and the an alien with a cat? That'd be amazing. I'd like that game. Uh, I'd play that game. Yeah. I'm going to uh, do a big guess and say that's not a mod. <laughs> I think it should be. I think, that should be a, I think that's a good idea for a mod, and I think that someone should do it. And then a couple more here. Uh, Thunder Force. Uh, shooters are not particularly a big deal anymore. Um, but uh, Thunder, Force, Thunder Force. Yeah, shoot them yeah. ups. Like yeah. uh, Thunder Force 6, uh, which was a PS2 game, was really good. The Thunder Force series was, was some of the best horizontal shooters ever. And I'd like to see somebody make another one um monster what about, what about thunder horse uh what thunder about, horse what about thunder thighs uh i mean those are two very different things okay uh and uh a couple more monster world uh, monster world yeah, 4 monster is a great metroidvania and since we're not going to get another metro game from nintendo anytime soon i'll take a uh, i'll is take a monster, monster world, world 4. coming out um not that i know of no uh, I I i'd like to know that up. okay well, there we go uh Reiko Kodama, you mentioned Skies of Arcadia. I want a new Fantasy Star game. Yep. Uh, same mm-hmm. designer, Fantasy Star 4, one of the great RPGs of its era. Uh, and then PSO games don't count. PSO's fine, but I want a new mainline Fantasy Star game. And Jared, uh, I'm so excited for your last one. Yep. My last one is, okay, so Sega owns Atlas. I want a new Trauma Center game. Yeah. So bad. And some Those, cool Trauma ideas. Center games are awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Max and also making this as gritty and realistic as possible. I like kind of looked like a cartoon Japanese uh, operation game back in the day. Yeah. But I think like getting it off the Nintendo Wii, putting it on the PS4 with the power of the pro, uh, Blood everywhere. Yeah, just, just real guts, wow. real time. Real guts? Yeah, parents crying in the other room. <gasps> My son! Uh, Marty had an idea before the show that it, VR would be interesting for yeah. Trauma yeah. Center. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, yeah. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, yeah I think that's That'd be really, really nasty. Good. But I, I don't you. know if I can handle it, says the guy who wanted Seaman in the face. See, yeah. I'm not, it doesn't mean I want it. I want it. <laughs> and that's that's what I got. Anyway, the holidays are just around the corner, and the great news is there's all kinds of great sales coming your way. For those of you who have a PS4 with no theme on it, great news because there's the Awesome Bear PS4 theme is a whole five cents off through January. And I just bought it. What really? is this? What is this theme? I the like, Awesome Bear. It's just a picture of a giant grizzly bear, like a photograph of a grizzly bear so in the paid, background of your PS4. You paid ninety four cents for a JPEG of a bear. Yes, it's the only PS4 theme I have ever purchased. It dropped to ninety four. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's five cents less. I've been waiting for so long for I know, this thing. Ninety nine awesome. cents was too much for this damn bear. That's it. But ninety four. Now's the time. Exactly. Right, so Awesome Bear. I, I recommend it highly to anyone. I hope that Awesome Bear sales spike. Let's impress the good people at the PlayStation Store. Does the bear move? Uh, no, he just sits there. It's an He's awesome bear. bear, not a dynamic bear. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's that's uh, that's dynamic bear. That's a different one. Also, if you if you like slide the screen up, he becomes a black and white bear from a different angle. Also, wow. if you ever want to have a really good laugh with some friends, go in the go go in the the PS4 theme store because it's just terrible in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a wreck. There's one where it's just like, oh, what's this? It's cool guns, and it's just like <laughs> it's just like guns in the background just firing off constantly. You're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's if you're into guns, that's fine, but like. As a background noise, that's I feel not like really... there should be an entire drop down like subcategory for Juggalo themes on there because there's really a lot of them. It's just like Fago sixty nine presents four twenty nine one one. I mean, it's like the the theme store is like going into a Halloween Express yeah. on like November fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh, what's happening here? You transform back. We talked about this before. There's no there's no cops in the theme store. I mean, there's probably a cops theme, but there's no police who are like, we got to make sure this theme is yeah. not getting. It's like Max and I found a bunch that were like seven dollars each that are like yeah. it's just like a like i don't know like a sheep that looks sick <laughs> there's one yeah. that's just like a, a uh, deconstructed hamburger cool dog like, to the return <laughs> horny lowriders world war ii airplane with cherries on them <laughs> that, why that that said awesome bear is truth in advertising yeah sure. uh, I, I, 
glad that I, that bear I, I theme delivers. That. Also, and, I'm glad know, we spent time in the show just to discuss the awesome yeah. bear theme. Yeah, absolutely. But the there official, are like good things, right? Yeah, official PS4 theme of but, Podcast Beyond. Okay, but there are also better things. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are just just around the corner from Black Friday. By the time this episode goes up, it'll be rest in peace, America. Thanksgiving. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Do you not know what Black Friday is? Yeah, a lot of people die on Black Friday. <laughs> so yeah, Black Friday is the hundreds uh, are killed by Vizio TVs every Black Friday. We d- deliver. Yeah, you make that joke and somebody's going to die next week. You're going to feel real bad. Oh, no, I'm predicting America's it's economy. going to happen. I'm preemptively not feeling bad. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there is a sale on the PlayStation Store. You can go on there and buy some stuff for. a Real good bargain. Yeah. Uh, Jared, what should people get? Uh, the things I'm going to pick up, or, or the things I recommend picking up. Uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection is half off right now. That's a wonderful collection yeah. of uh, the first six Mega Man games with really high quality uh, emulation slash simulation. It, it's technical, anyway, it's fun. Uh, that's a great game. And it's a stimulation? Uh, uh, emulation simulation. Yeah, they did a really cool oh, thing. To also, make, they did a lot of stuff to make that game look really great on PS4. There's a bunch of really um, good bonus features in yeah, that too. Yeah, like there's yeah. like making of art and yeah, like concept galleries. galleries yeah. And oh yeah, like, yeah. the museum yeah. alone's worth it. But yeah, it's like 750 uh, next week. So by yeah. the, and then uh, I am Setsuna is going to be uh, uh, marked way down next week. So yeah. uh, if you missed that, go go yeah. play that fun classic uh, 16 bit throwback to RPG. Yeah, yep, a lot of words, Marty. Uh, Journey. Jared put that down for me. He was very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Journey's forty uh, percent off. It's fifteen bucks, and it's uh, still remains probably the, my favorite game of the last five ten years. Yeah. It actually it had dropped, I believe, to like seven or five dollars very briefly yeah. a couple months ago, and I put a post in the Beyond Group, and I was kind of surprised at how many people hadn't tried it yet. Yeah. And they're like, "Is this game good?" And I'm like, "Oh, yes. dude, like, <laughs> yeah. Just don't read anything. Just jump in, play yeah. it. It's seven bucks. I promise you'll come out of this there's, thing very happy." There's about a it. reason that people talk about it constantly. Yeah. yeah. You know. Like yeah. obviously that can set your set you up for disappointment, but it's like it, it's something different and special. Uh, also worth noting the prices we're listing might totally change. They might go down. Yeah. It might be less if you've got PS Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to throw uh, Witcher Three Complete Edition, Ooh. which I think is thirty bucks, not counting PS Plus or whatever they decide to do on Cyber Monday or whatever the yeah. hell they roll in there. I think um, PS Plus gives you an extra twenty percent off, possibly yeah, something which like is that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This, this comes is, with all the DLC and stuff. Like this is, if you're one of those people who like just you just want a game to just absorb your time, just yeah. and you're like you want to spend as little money as possible and get the most out of it as possible. Uh, Witcher Three is one of my favorite games. Of the last, I mean, one of my favorite games ever. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, and this includes like the full game, which is a massive, massive game, and yep. then two expansions. One of which I'm halfway through, and the other one I haven't even touched. So it's like there's a lot, a lot there to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get some extra costumes and funny hair hats or whatever the hell you want for the game. Hair yeah. hats, eh? yeah, hair hats. Uh, I have two picks. One is Battlefront Deluxe Edition, which is the version I believe was seventy dollars at launch. It's Star Wars Battlefront. It doesn't con- it doesn't contain all of the season pass stuff. Uh, if you want to wait out for the forty dollars version of the Ultimate Edition, which, con- which comes out in a week or two, um, but Battlefront uh, Deluxe Edition is nine ninety nine or seven forty nine for the regular version. Deluxe has a couple extra guns, I believe, like. Remember what what it was in I there? I think you're. I think you get Han Solo's blaster. At, yeah, at, right at off the, the launch, bat. which you is a whip. A, so it's a good gun. A good whip the cool thing about this is that anybody who owns this game, any version of it, uh, gets the Battlefront VR experience for free. Yeah. So if you want Battlefront VR for seven dollars and fifty cents, which is just a short a short thing, yeah. and you get all Battlefront stuff with that, uh, jump on that. Also, also like, can I just can I just say yeah. for a second the forty dollar version of Battlefront? If you slept on it last year and you've even remotely been interested in playing a really fun Star Wars online shooter, yep. get on that. 
that up. And so much bucks, has been added you, get, you get to go in, in Java's bathtub. It's gross in there. Yep. They're asking, they're all, by the time you buy this version, you'll be able to play as Jin Erso or uh, Director Krennic in the new Rogue One map, which mm-hmm. is basically that beachfront party yeah. with all that. That's coming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's coming out real soon. All the ad ads. Operation Spring Breakers. Uh, and my last one is Mad Max, which is $7.99. And again, that might be tilted a little bit with PlayStation Plus discounts. But $7.99 for one of the best open world games that you probably didn't play. Uh, really fun, really cool. It doesn't really tie into the movie as much as I think a lot of people hoped. Yeah. But it's gorgeous. Uh, the voice so acting is really car good. Car combat's really good. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's emphasizes car combat, which very few. It feels kind of like uh, like Double Dragon meets Twisted Metal meets Assassin's Creed. Um, Dang. So Whoa. yeah, good good pedigree there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now it is time for the show part. Damn it. Um, <laughs> now it is time for what VR playing the number one VR segment of the show that we do here. Yeah, uh, Brian, you got one of those hats that you can go into different places with. Funny Vism hats. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Tiger Bauer for the name of what VR playing. I'm going to get through these real quick, uh, but there's a bunch that I really like takes. and some that I don't. Uh, number one, Space Rift is 1999, just launched last week. It's sort of like an episodic uh, sci-fi TV show from the 90s. It's pretty low budget, but it's kind of endearing, like in a funny way. Jared, I think you'd be really into this. Okay. The voice acting is uh, is like either super British or very badly Scandinavian. Oh, I can't tell. <laughs> which I kind of so love it for. This is like the VR version of Red Dwarf meets like Space Rangers. Kind of, okay, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm there. And it's That's... all first person, and it's sort of like this story based thing where you start off in space and you do some space combat. Uh, it's a little less disorienting than say something like Eve or the Call of Duty thing. Uh, but I kind of like this. I would wait for this to drop to like a few bucks. It's totally like just a middle of the road type of experience but if you're looking for something that's like less totally intense dog fighting and you want to just kind of mess around in space for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, this is pretty cool uh, number two Time Machine VR which just launched uh, it's $29.99 but I think it's actually a little cheaper with PlayStation Plus like most of these things I really like this game um, you're in a time machine that goes back to dinosaur times to investigate how they lived so you can bring back ideas to the future to save people from a, a planetary like virus wipeout what? yeah okay. exactly what video games uh so it's first person and you're in a time machine it's a little disorienting at first you try this yep. yourself right? oh, i got very nauseous like a year and a half ago I played this demo. <laughs> how, I do you, how do you know you weren't just sick in, in general anyways yeah Could've, yeah so it's really cool because it's it's basically this. You're in this underwater pod that reminds me of the thing that the kids drive around in Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, you go down underwater and you, the left trigger actually freezes time, so you can go right up in like a big like giant dinosaur's mouth and look at his chompers and see how he eats. <laughs> you can X-ray scan his stomach and see a whole bunch of like baby little animals in there and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. It's real gross and real cool, and I really like it. It's a good it's time weird. for by, minority media, by Brian Altano, yeah. age who eight. Made, uh, Papa Leo. So that's, that's right. Strange, oh, cool. Yeah. Strange second game. <laughs> yeah, from the makers of that comes yeah. this. Okay. Um, uh, number three, Hollow Ball, which I believe the embargo's up. If not, rolling the dice on that one, or rolling the ball. Uh, but um, I like this game. I couldn't actually get it to work as well as I wanted to because this is one of those VR games that really needs the entire depth of your living room, um, like HTC Vive levels of yep. like we need oh. your room. Um, when you're playing a VR game that can't fully capture where you are in the room, uh, I think I've talked about this before, but the way my living room setup is, it's a little squashed and there's like a sectional in there. So if you back up too far to play a VR game like that, I'd have to stand up on my sectional and I just look like an idiot holding like two wands and a hat and I'm jumping on my couch. Like a, <laughs> you look like a stock photo of a gamer. Yeah, like yeah. a disgruntled little baby boy. So uh, this is sort of like a first person Pong style game that I think they're going for um, kind of like an eSport approach. Um, it's very highly competitive. The, the 
art direction is kind of Tron-ish. Uh, and it's only $14.99, and I think it's even cheaper with Plus, like like always. So um, check that out if you have the space for it. Like I always say, I really, really wish it was mandatory to put a demo for every one yeah. of these things on the store. Um, number four, Trackmania Turbo just launched, uh, or it's been out for a while, but they put out a free VR update. Uh, the game is usually $39.99, but with the Black Friday sale, it's actually under $15. Uh, 40 levels were added for free in VR. And it feels sort of like like one of those like weird uh, 90s or mid-2000s like Hot Wheels racing games. Oh, nice. It's kind of somewhere between a third-person roller coaster game and just like Burnout. So I really like it. Uh, it's just a fun little thing they've thrown in there. If you have the game already, totally free update. If you're looking for a cool like kind of less uh, drive clubby, more arcadey Burnout style uh, racing game, check this out. It's super cheap, really fun. I had a really good time with it. And if you buy this, that's like you, you get the regular game too. Yeah, yeah. totally get the full okay. game, um, which doesn't really work in VR. But like I said, 40 extra levels. Hmm. The full game is awesome. It's got tons yeah. of really cool. Like, stuff. So like maybe if you're expecting yeah. to get a PSVR for Christmas or something, and you want to yeah. just jump on something mm-hmm. to screw around with, yeah, it's a good option. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like if you're getting a PSVR for Christmas, um, I mean, just go through the last few episodes and dig through what I've talked about here because I think that there's like something like there'll be like something like 45 different games on this on this thing by the end of the year, yeah. and it's like there's a bunch of hidden gems on there. Yeah. Uh, and number five is Gary the Gull, which is totally free and it's an interactive film Gary that just awesome. launched. Have I done? haven't actually got to try okay. this out yet. I have done this. Yeah, I played so, this at a demo. I finally yeah. have something to say about PSVR. Um, yeah, you're basically you're sitting on this beautiful beach, and it's kind of like a it feels like a like a interactive Pixar short kind of mm. basically this this uh, obnoxious gull shows up and he's just trying to tell you to like he's trying to like steal your sandwiches oh really yeah, yeah. and he, okay. the whole thing is is uh, it's based on nodding or shaking your head oh, so there's like great. there's like a level of sort of interactivity but he just kind of it feels very like Simon Says sort of I'm yep. not sure how much more in depth it is but it's it's just kind, kind of like Dragon Slayer-ish or Braindead 13 type uh, or? no 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 okay. no like not that not that in not even that involved it's like okay. you're sitting in a beach chair and this it's seagull shows like up and he's like hey you're mildly hey. interacting with like a virtual pet yeah, okay. um, I really like the the nodding yes or no as a gameplay mechanic thing. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like they should do that in like RPGs. Yeah, like, I feel I, I think someone could make it like revisit like schoolyard games. Yeah, like Duck Duck Goose or oh. Mr. Fox. What time it is and make time is it? Make what like is a, that? Mr. What Fox. Is, what time yeah, is it? No, we used to play that. It's like uh, it's like red light green light kind of. Oh really? I think. Well, why is, why yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Mr. Fox, what, what time, time is, is it? it? Mr. Yeah, Fox, Mr. Too. Fox, what time is it? Get that dude to watch. Yeah, that's really well, everyone uh, has phones in their pocket. We're children; we don't have watches or phones. Yeah, I don't know. I forget. I forget how you play that we're game. An orphan? Huh. No, children. Do you guys ever play orphans? Seven Up? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Okay, it's like. I that. mean, it's funny. It's it's not like that, but like it's, it's, it's it's a game you play with a bunch of dumb kids, and it's like, I, I like the idea of, of games revisiting mechanics like that. You know? Yeah. In the same way, like Metal Gear is hide and seek. Yeah, totally. But taking something really, really simple that we all understand how to play, and then you know, endowing it with high-tech mechanics. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it is time for Rapid Fire, everyone's Ooh. favorite part of the show where we go in the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, uh, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Sometimes we pull from the YouTube channel, which is, you know, IGN Beyond. Uh, first question, Jacob Vauder says, Game of the Year so far for 2016. Ooh. You have to say one thing. You can't You can't do one of these pussyfoots. All right. <laughs> I've put a gun to my head today, The Witness. Why? Uh, because it, says something in a really non-preachy and wonderful way. Cool. Mm, Battlefield 1. That's weird, though, because, like, I, I... If you told I feel me like, the game of the year, Max's game of the year was going to be a Battlefield yeah, game. I don't did you know, play I, the single-player stuff yet? Not really. Not even. I kind of scratched wow. it. I didn't like what I did play, but uh, what's weird about that is I think I've spent more time with the beta and playing... Uh, playing, like, on a live stream on, yeah. a, on an Xbox, which was, like, it was fun for a live stream. Uh... 
but like I've put more time in it basically not on my own account so yeah. it's this feeling of like like you know when you play a game like a preview event or like a demo of it and then you get the full game and you're like ah I gotta replay this part again it's kind of like that and like it's almost a chore because I have to get to a higher level and unlock some stuff but the time I've spent with it I really like I'm obviously trying to get through as many games as I can yep, yep, yep. I know where I know where Battlefield is going but I mean that's gonna be one of those ones I keep jumping back into yeah I'm kind of bummed I haven't gone and played through the single player yet I really I, really I want to yeah there's horses, yeah, there's horses. Um, my pick is Watch Dogs 2 like I said before it's just on a gameplay level I think it's just like one of the richest deepest games this year um, the fact that I can in, in, in like approach combat scenarios without actually using my gun one of my favorite things to do in that game is come in with my two different drones call different gangs and cops on a scenario and just sit back and watch everything play yep. out and go in and extract the FBI data that I need yeah. and leave. It's like also one of the funniest games I played this year, just in terms of not even writing, but just like moments, <laughs> moments, things happening. Yeah. Uh, Watch is on my short list, but I uh, agree with Jared. I think the witness would still be mine. Uh, I think the, the, the sort of puzzle language of that game and the ramp up, I think yeah. is singular in games. Yep. I've never seen anything like it. Side yeah. note, if you guys t- were to make a guess, which I think is like really interesting that we all almost had yeah. very different answers here. What do you think IGN's game of the year will be? The Witness. You think so? Yep. Pokemon, I think Pokemon Go. Witness, Overwatch, Pokemon. A lot inside? of people are saying Dishonored. Inside got a 10. Yeah, I know Lana's is Dishonored too. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, I gotta get some time with that game. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon Go is a strong contender in the office. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's one of those, like there was that photo of like the Norwegian prime minister sitting in the U- United Nations playing Pokemon Go on her phone. Yeah. Like how many of our parents were like, what's Pokemon Go about? Yeah. It's like the fact that it bridged the gap between game and you know reality anyway well i yeah. think it's, it's kind of like when you're like who's like who's the man of the year yeah, yeah. who's time's man of the year trump right no really <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't have to mean yeah, that like I mean, hitler was man of the year well, it doesn't mean you have to do the best things but in terms of like the person that impacted the most things like and i know ign's game of the year is a little different because it's not but it's not entirely just based on how high of a score we gave it if you look at pokemon go like these the social well, that's kind of weird out that people made the rock the sexiest man of the year because i'm like there's like a lot of like he's obviously a very pretty man he's he's very muscular and all that but he's also like he's also charming like he's funny he's got like a wonderful he's, he eats a lot of food he has a good instagram seems like a very good father yeah. but yeah he seems like it's more like I think he's just a great guy. Like, I mean, I would like I I don't I don't know a lot of women who are like I would f the crap out of the rock. They're, more, the they're good, more like I love him. He's he's lovable. Maybe the good folks over at people are finally trying to understand that personality goes a long way. Maybe uh, I do think personality in a giant giant muscular <laughs> muscular self. But I think with the witness in Pokemon Go, here we have a year we have great two pivot. games that both did tremendous t- tremendous things that maybe haven't been done before in games. Yep. Either one of them, yeah. but they're both and so that that makes it very very difficult. Yeah. All right, uh, Sean Messler says, what's the craziest jerry-rigged way you've ever used to get your gaming fixed? When I moved to L.A., my HDTV broke about a month later, so I hooked up to my PS3 to my portable DVD player with a 7-inch screen so that I could finish Infamous. I love that. Yeah, this uh, uh, this question was asked in the group by Sean, which uh, spawned this entire thread of people responding to it, which you should go check out because it's really, really funny. Um, but, yeah, in terms of rapid fire, I think, like, we, we totally have to answer this because I have a yeah. really good one for this. Uh, in college, I had a GameCube and a PS2, and I didn't have a TV because I moved to New York City with basically nothing and in New York it was a weird city because people just throw stuff out and it sits there for a few Mm -hmm. hours you can get it like I went to art school and I did most of my paintings on found objects because it was cheaper than buying canvases every week some guy threw out like a 17 inch one of those big kind of fat butted TVs right and I was playing Resident Evil remake and Resident Evil Zero on it and the thing about this TV is that for some reason every now and then it would start to get really really dim and then go dark until you slap 
the side of it and then it would brighten up again. <laughs> so I'd be like playing in the basement of the of the the you know the Trevor Mansion or whatever the hell they call it in Resident Evil and like it just horrifying monsters would be coming towards me and all of a sudden the screen would get very very <laughs> dim and dark. So it was actually it really leaned into horror games what really well. Not so much for like Smash Brothers and Pikmin and stuff like that, but for other stuff really well. You were playing like a real life version of Eternal Darkness. Yes. Like that's amazing. That's totally <laughs> Yes. That sounds so good. Totally yeah. true. Um so in college my buddy had a really wonderfully janky like Jeep Cherokee and we got it into our heads that we should try to pimp his ride but on a budget. Uh, and that meant going to like I don't know where we went to like like the auto parts store or something and got one of those things that converts uh, your like cigarette lighter output into uh, like a like a regular plug. And we're like, let's hook up a TV and a Super Nintendo in the back wow. of the car. And so we did that. And like the idea there, I think it draws from your battery. Uh, in practice, the engine had to be running. And so we had like a little TV in the back of the truck, uh, the back of the, the Jeep and the Super Nintendo. But like you'd also be sitting there basically tailgating, but the engine would be running. So it's just like a bunch of carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> so I wound up playing uh, and there wasn't there wasn't like any real way you could position this so that it was like mm-hmm. comfortable to play. Yeah. So I remember playing one time while he was just driving around. I'm just like lying on my back in the back of the, the truck with like the. The TV just sort of in my lap and like I'm kind of like got the, the Super NES like wedged up behind me and I'm just playing the first level of Star Fox and he's like going around corners and everything rolls around and there's like a soccer ball back there yep. with me and I was like all right but uh and then when he goes to get gas or something he has to shut off his car the Super Nintendo shuts exactly off, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah it wasn't a good setup uh I don't know it was just sort of like one of those things where like we're dumb we don't know anything about cars let's yeah. do this and then yeah I've got a photo somewhere it's just like the back of his his Jeep with like the TV in it we've got like the the start stage for Street Fighter and there's yeah. just like a bunch of Mountain Dew cans everywhere, but they're like the Safeway brand Mountain Dew because yeah. we we're also that is an excellent like no, low budget like yeah. 90s Super Nintendo commercial. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah I think my I don't, the only thing I have remotely close to that I remember was when the first Pokemon came out and trying to play it with a flight because the there was no backlight on the original yeah. Game Boy and so trying to play it like on car rides at night using a flashlight like oh, yeah. under my chin yeah. and doing this I'm like what am I what am I doing I remember like going under a hoodie yeah. or like yeah. something like that and, like just a yeah and that was you could yeah. buy that horrible thing that you like oh, stapled. Yeah onto the front that had yeah. the mirror or, or had the, the, the magnifying the glass, glass yeah. and the speakers and the what's that thing called I my, mine's really sad and pathetic uh, it, it was all from childhood just moments where I wanted to play games that didn't have them and I had that video game mania that was instilled in my st- soul so like I wanted a Nintendo for a long time and couldn't have one so I would at school as soon as I finished working on my assignments I would flip my paper over and draw Super Mario Brothers boards and then I would draw my little path through them with my pen and the hops and I would move the AI creatures around and hit my head and have things pop out and and I would do that until Mario died and then I start drawing another life and try that. I would go. I had Wait, to spend. So you drew out entire levels. Yeah, and, I would draw them all. Because I used to do that play too. Them That's with really my funny. Jump over that. things, and you know, and that was like I wanted Nintendo. So I did, um, and uh, I would get those little tops like scratch off cards for Donkey Kong that had the the Donkey Kong boards, and you would scratch off yeah. your route, and I, w- I would play through those. But I remember my dad was a pastor, and I'd spend a lot of time at the church, and the church computer didn't have any games on it, and I would just be bored and want to play a video game. So I'd turn the word processor on, and I would like write text adventure or RPG commands. In, and then I'd imagine what happened, and then I write the next part to so be like, "You struck the orc. The orc struck you. I love That's you, Jared so Petty. Cool. The orc. Like, I love I would you. Just make up things in the word processor and pretend I was playing. That's so cool. Uh, a text RPG. 
That's so cool. I like. I think it's amazing that like. I mean, I I have like game developer friends that can they pull up like they'll tweet out pictures every now and then of like look at these like I drew Mario level levels when I was a, I was a kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that you and I both did that and that we didn't like. That's not really. We didn't get into like actually making platforms. At that end of it. Yeah. What's wrong I used with to make. I used, I used to, to make like paper game and watches that were basically like fighting games that would have like characters on each side that you could control with pieces of paper. So I would so, basically <gasps> like draw like Ken and Ryu and put them on each side of like a little thing. And I was like, I had a Game Boy. I had a Game and Watch. But I'm like, but I, I can also make my own. Yeah. And they would like, you could, like move them up and down and kick each other. Maybe I, someday we will. Maybe I someday we will. One thing I've always loved about about side scrollers and just kind of platformers, and I mean specifically, I think like Super Metroid, but the, it's that kind of that ant farm like fish tank view. Yes. Well, and yeah. I, we I, look at that like Wes Anderson yeah. view almost of like a cutout yeah. of the world. And I mean, yeah. I, I always I used to love drawing like bases. Like yeah. I draw like blueprints for like weird secret bases, yeah. and they'd be like, oh, here's where the hovercraft goes, yep. and oh no, there's a gargoyle over here. Yeah. And it was kind of like that that sense of like discovery. And then when I first played super metroid i was like oh what's all this and yeah. like prince oh, of persia like yeah. i love that sense of like you're exploring this area but it's kind of manageable enough that you're you're not just like getting, yeah. you, know, you don't get lost you that can way. consume the information on a single screen yeah. yeah um all right so uh that was fun blar lucian Curtin says what games do you like the idea of but do not actually enjoy uh springboarding off what i just said the souls games uh i wish i enjoyed them but i don't like the crushing difficulty so much uh but i love the kind of uh, the sense of exploration that they mm-hmm. have where it's yeah. like, oh, instead of having like a, you know, a checkpoint or whatever, it's like, oh, you've got to open a gate for yourself. And they've been really strong against ever putting in some sort of easy mode or anything like that. Yeah. But I feel like they should at least put in like some kind of like, I don't know, like walking tour mode, like just to see the art in that world. Like, like remove enemies, remove yeah, doors. Well, I mean, cause the, what sucks is that the enemies are a great part of it. Yeah. But it'd be cool to just sort of play like invisible man mode where yeah. you could just like walk through a Dark Souls game or a Bloodborne mm-hmm. game to see all the like creatures in, yeah. interacting in the in the fly in the wild. I'm sure somebody's yeah. modded that in there. But yeah. yeah. Uh, mine's probably Minecraft. I oh. love the idea of unlimited creativity and freedom. Mm-hmm. But you don't have time it. I play that game. I'm just like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't want to build a house. This mine's <laughs> stupid. Mine's Smash Brothers. Oh. I, I get it sucks, man. But I, I get immensely excited watching that roster come together every yeah. every three or four years. Um, <clears throat> seeing characters like Snake and Sonic and like everybody else show up. Mega Man when yeah, Pac Man when he showed yeah. up. I was at the live thing when they introduced Pac Man when Sakurai yeah. came out yeah. at E three. And I remember walking out of there being like, that's so cool. All these levels are awesome. The art's so cool. Uh, I'm gonna buy the amiibos and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh wait. Like you suck at that game, yeah. and mm-hmm. you don't like playing it. Like to, to me, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not really a great fighting fighting game, and it's not really a great platforming game. So it's sort of like as a as a Nintendo fan who loves like the way Mario games control, it doesn't work well as one of oh. those. And as a guy who like kind of enjoys fighting games, it doesn't really click as one of those for me. That's so interesting. I, I like those games because they're don't fall games. Totally, like that, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. I enjoy about them. They, but but I I totally get that. Uh, for me, it's uh, RTSs that aren't Red Alert. Um, uh, uh, I love the idea of StarCraft. It's one of the most brilliant, when StarCraft 2 likewise, brilliant, well-crafted, incredibly balanced games ever, and I just do not enjoy playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the case with a lot of RTSs like that for me, even though I love the idea. I, I, have, I have the same one as you, except for Advance Wars in, instead of uh, yeah. Red Alert. Oh, Advance no, Red- Wars is like a gem to me, and everything else I've ever tried to play in that genre, I'm like, ah, oh, it's just not the same. Now, Advance Wars I love, but that's more, that's more like a turn-based strategy, yeah, but yeah. I, I still, I, I totally get that. And then most of the things like that, that Rare made for the for the N64, I love the idea. Like things like Blast Core. Yeah. Like I really like the idea. Strong of Blast, Blast Core. Core. It's escort mission. The game. Like it sounds really really cool until you start. I'll playing be honest. It. I played that game in like I don't know. I was probably 
11 or 12 mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where we never really stopped to figure out how to play it and i was like you can blow stuff up that's all right i'm a cement mixer that game mm-hmm. rules yeah, yeah dump truck and i'm it's like part, it's, it's a, a great game, right? it's a great idea but yeah. i don't yeah. like playing play. it yeah um the other n64 rare games what no because i don't think a stupid bear with a stupid bird in his backpack is a good idea for a video Ooh. game Ooh. take that over to unlocked and let those boys know what's up yeah <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> Uh, Samuel Jordan says, I'll have the money for a PSVR, but should I hold out to save and see, should I hold out and save to see if the switch is worth it? Yes. Um, I mean, if, if I, I feel like this is like, I want to get Chinese food. Should I hold out for pizza? Like they are completely different no, things. If it's, if you have whatever X amount of money and you're like, I'm going to buy one thing in the next year. Should it be PSVR or switch? My thing is wait until January to see what the hell the switch is. I yeah. could wait yeah. until you see how much it costs. Wait till you see, Hey, are we getting Zelda and Mario, Zelda or Mario at launch? Are we getting neither of them at launch? Are we going to get launch party support? Yeah. Is the launch lineup just going to be a bunch of Wii U? Games? I mean, yeah, I'm one of the people that will tell you that a PSVR is completely worth it right now. Um, and that I've been, I won't say the word, I won't say burned, but I've been sort of knocked back a little by the last few Nintendo consoles that uh, I'm, I'll get one at launch because it's my job and because I enjoy video games and it's what I do. But it's also because I think that like eventually after the first year or so, you're going to see that once the third party support starts to dwindle on this thing and you're just left with first party games, you're going to have a lot of the same stuff that we've always had. Whereas I feel like PSVR is going to continue to grow. I hope I'm not wrong about that. Uh, I think I think that's all marvelously valid. I'd still wait. Uh, I'd wait because even though I think PSVR is also worth it and, and really love it, I'd wait to see what's ha- what is coming with Switch because the first you know three years of Wii were pretty great yeah and i'm totally willing to hang around for that if this does turn out to be a low-priced reasonably capable uh uh switch off machine that does amazing things we've never seen and it's pokemon stars you know yeah. if, if pokemon stars and zelda a new and mario, mario 3d and, and a zelda game yeah. all in the first i mean yeah i i want that yeah, um, yeah. pokemon game running in hd exactly yeah. it, it could be absolutely lovely um yeah. so wait to see is is my thought on the matter uh but if you really want a vr and you can afford both i mean uh, super hypercube and thumper Bez. and res are rad yeah so i feel i'm like if you have a ps4 like this feels like a good sort of like companion piece to a, a hard piece of hardware you have already right i don't think i would i would go out and buy a psvr just for psvr but as a, a guy who owns a ps4 already and just got the pro like i think it's it's sort of like it fits in nice with that, with that whole universe yep. that ecosystem i hate using that word but there it is um is yeah. the eco or the system both uh, but yeah, we're, I mean, it's always wait and see with Nintendo, right? And I, I think you guys are right in terms of just like, let's see how this shakes out. All right. David Brander says, I'll be teaching scuba diving this weekend in front of the National Dive Officer head on show type. Ooh. Pretty scary. Do you ever feel apprehensive about your work when certain guests come on or other personalities? Uh, when I met uh, a bunch, I was in this little documentary a few years ago uh, that uh, uh, being at IGN helped me become a part of. It was about the origins of Atari. And I met the guys that made the games I grew up on, a bunch of these Atari OGs that uh, had had created some of the first home console software. Uh, being in the room with those dudes, most of whom aren't in the industry anymore, was – I, I was – butterflies in the stomach ain't the word. Like I was shaking. It was so amazing to, to go to that really? premiere and be around them. Yeah, because these 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 – People had fashioned my childhood. They and had ins- and your job. Yeah, and my job yeah. and the course of my life. They had instilled. They had created worlds 
that inspired me to be the person I am. Uh, I ran into Steve Russell at the Video Game Museum. He's the guy who made Space War in 1961, 62. I just bumped into Steve Russell uh, a few weeks ago, and I was a blathering idiot for an hour. Not you. It was extraordinary. (laughs) Yeah, blathering idiot. That's what I do. But uh, yeah, this is the guy that, I mean, arguably the 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 creator real language. creator yeah. of, of, of video games so i mean cool. you know uh, along with a couple other people willie higginbotham and and, and ralph bear um, would you run into him uh computer history museum he just volunteers uh once or twice a month uh, so, cool. so they have a pdp1 there that they've restored and you go in hey there's a pdp1 room and there's this dude just like hanging out in oh, there man. and i'm like that's like Russell. <laughs> and it is. And I was just like, what in the end? So I get to play yeah. Space War on a PDP-1, talk to Steve Russell. It's a good day. People and- frequently ask us, like, what to do in San Francisco proper. Uh Plenty of stuff to talk about there, but if you ever find yourself down at the peninsula in San Jose, go to the Computer History Museum. Yeah, it's awesome. one of the most fascinating places just in terms of technology. They have something called the Charles Babbage Difference Engine, which yep. is basically if that had been made the way it was made, it would have changed history completely. Uh, it was pretty much the first computer, and it's all clockwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, they operate it on Sundays, and they've got docents who will be like, give me the whole history, and it's like it's staggering to see in action. That um, dude create Babbage's? Uh, no, that's what it's named for, though. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's named yeah. for him. Yeah, I also, uh, it was pretty great watching. They have a Pong set up there next to the original Handicap Pong machine. They have Pong set up. And there was like this seven-year-old kid and his dad playing Pong. And the kid was like, it's pretty much like a regular video game, except you use this. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I was like, yep. yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like a baby's that's, toy. That's you got to use your hands. No, it was great. he was really having fun. Uh, cool. But uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely get nervous talking to people. Like, I get nervous talking to people, just not even personalities. Just like, I mean, the, the job we do is is weird and, and obtuse. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm having, like, I, I Brian, you, you are awesome at interviews. Thank and you. I'm, and you get nervous. And oh, I'm like, yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, there's times when I'm like, I don't want to interview people. That's terrifying. <laughs> like, let me talk, let me just talk to a prompter. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine being on camera, but like. I don't know. I've, well, were you guys I've, all like to get up in front of the class and be excited to read your homework garbage? When I you're... was. Yeah, yeah, I was not. Yeah, like, no, that was, scared I, the crap yeah. out of me. No, yeah, I hated that. Yeah, I was. So, I was terrified for my first couple of years. Yeah. No, I, um, I love nothing on earth more than tremendous amounts of attention. Um, <laughs> it's it's only meeting people that actually meant something to me personally that really scares me. Like yep. this, this I love. Uh, talking to the prompter, I love most interviews. I love, but yeah. walking into a room with people that that, that were gods, not men, in my mind. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. where I, I. I think the most nerve wracking thing about doing interviews with IGN is that like. Uh, we'll be like coming in kind of like live and someone's like counting you in and you've got a thing in your ear and like you have to interview uh, somebody you work with and then like three people whose names you have to remember and all their roles and it's like Mm -hmm. that sounds like oh you have to remember three people's names like oh what are you an idiot but then it's like you're trying to remember all your questions and it's just kind of like how do you keep the words in your head and then make them kind of come out of your mouth and you're also like brought to you by taco bell yeah. and like the, th- the the crane is coming again yeah. like it's not working in a coal mine or yeah. like yeah. A, but no. it's 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 an extra it's an extra it's like it's easier to talk about something comfortably that yeah. you know a lot yeah. about so like mm-hmm. live show segments at e3 or at comic-con like if you are super familiar yeah. like when i'm talking about final fantasy 15 i'm like yeah i can do this all day but if it's like hey you gotta go on and, and talk about fifa I'm like, have, uh, I, yeah. have i told my skyrim fish story in the show no i don't think so so one of the first big interviews i did uh was it pax prime 2011 i think and it was after the first time i went hands-on with skyrim uh i was super crazy excited for it at that point obviously everyone was looking forward to it a ton uh i was working with this destructoid at the time and we uh i was set up to do an interview with i was gonna be talking to todd howard like i was gonna be interviewing the guy who we'd been like running quotes from like all this time and like i was so excited um 
and basically we do this thing where like you know you'll kind of you'll get your guests sort of corralled over to you and they set you up in front of the camera uh and i was like they're like oh yeah here's here's who you're talking to and i'm like i didn't actually know what todd howard looked like uh who i was talking to was was matt carafano who is the art director uh he's also like kind of just like a very like low-key like low energy sort of guy uh and i was preparing like all these questions and i'm just like i was going through my head and just freaking out and i'm like honored to meet you uh really excited about what you're, what you're working on here it's gonna be great and like obviously you know matt carafano worked on the game too but i thought he was todd howard and so <laughs> they start rolling the camera and they're like uh could you just uh could you uh spell your name for the camera for our editor and uh and list your title and he goes Matt Carafano, M-A-T-T-C-A-R-F-A-N-O. I'm the uh, art director for Skyrim. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Oh. And then I go, hey, everybody, I'm here at PAX Prime 2011, and I'm with Matt, who's the art director. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm like out the gate. I'm just completely rattled. And like this guy, we're not going to waste the guy's time. So we're we're shooting. And I'm just like, my first question is, so how many fish are in Skyrim? <laughs> because like, I, like we hadn't really seen much of the it's game in action, and they have it, they have it all rolling. And people are like, and I, I like wandered off, and I was like looking up at the TVs they have at the Bethesda booth, and there's just like people are like running around in the, in the streams and just grabbing fish, and I'm like, oh wow, you can get trout. <laughs> it's nuts. They got salmon and trout. Oh, you meant perch. like how many species, like different types of fish? Yeah, I thought I, you meant I was, like cumulative like, count of fish. No, I was like, I was like, so we got uh, we got all kinds of wildlife, and I just saw you got fish. So how many how many different kinds of fish? And he's just like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just asking like the dumbest questions. And of course, like people in the comments, like they were half like, this guy's an idiot. And other people were like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. That the comments. Um, Speaking of Skyrim, though. Yeah, we actually, uh, uh, Marty and I have started a new series. It's called Welcome to Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, it is a, uh, Marty's never played Skyrim. I'm a Khajiit virgin. Yeah, yeah I've, I've taken your Elder Scrolls V card. Ooh, yeah, that's a Roman oh, numeral pun. That's really good about virginity. It's the fifth Elder Scrolls. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Uh, we, a lot of gross stuff in this yeah, show this week. Um, yeah. So Marty and I are playing the game. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Go check that out. Just yeah, welcome to Skyrim yeah, episode yeah. one. Yeah, leave a nice comment. Yeah, please, please. And then throw those <laughs> my folks. For the love of God. Uh, we're going to find out how many fish are in that game. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We found Bethany found a couple. Yeah, of Bethany them. is yeah. our character. She's a Kahit, and she's yeah. going to wizard school unless she can't get in. What will happen? Who knows? <laughs> Classic Bethany. Yeah. Um, so before we go, do we do we have any? Do we have a present? Yeah, what, we got a present. We got a present. We got a present from can you guys uh, from Vamp Beyond yeah, Fans. We could, we could, oh, uh, what, if you have this? presents you want to send us, you can send them to uh, Six Twenty Five Second Street Podcast Beyond at Six Twenty Five Second Street Fourth, Fourth Floor, it? San Francisco Nine Four One Zero Seven. Just like Sean. Jesus. Whoa. Christ. The world looks mighty good to Does me. Doesn't have the word midgies on it? Tootsie rolls are all I see. Whatever it is, I think I see becomes a tootsie roll. Shut up, Mister Owl. Tootsie roll, tootsie roll, uh, chocolatey chew. Oh God. Tootsie roll. I so, think I'm in love with you. For those of you listening to the audio version of this, uh, including the two other orders, this is now 15 total pounds of sugar love for you, you oh, amazing witty bastards. Did he said the love gummy bears too? Dion. I don't know. It's a you five pound bag of Tootsie Rolls. Oh, oh wow. that is a big bag of Tootsie oh. Bulls. I love how specific it is. Seven hundred and sixty. What are you talking about? Don't. Okay. Anyway. Oh. Hey, everybody, come on down. We have to clean the studio after this. You're going to make a mess. It's not bad. It's not a mess. They're not melted or Dude, anything. Dude, I have a Pomeranian. The delicious Tootsie Rolls. I can't eat Tootsie Rolls anymore. Children of all ages enjoy nice Tootsie Rolls. Anyway, come on down.
to the Tootsie store. We Brian's the Tootsie Boys are here. It smells so good in here. They're hungry for more rolls. It smells like a shoe factory in here. It smells delicious. Boys and girls from all over the land. Brian, stop with the stop. Please stop. Brian, please. Please stop. If you want to Alright everybody, thank you for listening to Podcast Beyond. Oh, those have got a funky stench. Yeah, it smells horrible <laughs> in here now. It's gonna it's already cold, it's weird. I feel like a horse in a trough. Anyway, Podcast Beyond is a show we do every week. Um last week we fragmented the show into a bunch of different video yeah. clip pieces. Uh sorry about that. Stop reading. Yeah, we the- were uh, it's it's growing pains from You're being inside the me. studio and we were sort of uh getting our footing and yeah, we listened to you. Uh, yeah. a lot of people didn't like the fact that it was fragmented, so uh, we're back to full episodes. Yeah. Which you can um, find at youtube.com slash IGN Beyond every week. Yeah. Uh, or I think also on IGN Proper and uh, all the apps and all yeah. the whatnots. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Uh, Marty is McBiggities with two G's and two T's. And Jared is Petty, comma Jared. Indeed. Spelled out with letters. That was, such a, that was such a terrifying little And episode. remember, <laughs> if you're hungry, Stop. looksy, looksy, a tootsie, tootsie, home of the roll. If that noise is awful for you, it's because we are dropping Tootsie Rolls on a glass table that is covered in microphones. I thought so, it was wonderful. Congratulations. If you thought it was bad hearing grown men eat an entire honey-glazed ham for an hour, there are worse sounds to hear. Be sure to subscribe to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond for more ASMR videos. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope Happy you have a wonderful holiday and, uh, you know, love each other. And uh, we'll be back next week with yeah. more fun times. Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.